You are listening to the recording of a live show. Please do not call or text, as this is a recording, and lines are now closed. I seek refuge with Allah from Satan the accursed. In the name of Allah, the gracious, the merciful. Peace be upon you. Good morning. Welcome to the breakfast show of the Voice of Islam with Imam Taqi Tanmir, myself, Ali Damad. The time is approaching five minutes past seven. It is Friday, the 12th of August. 2022. As always, uh, we have a very packed program uh, this morning, once again on The Breakfast Show. Uh, the show is an interactive broadcast. It means that uh, all our listeners have the opportunity to join in any of the discussions taking place during the course of uh, the program. All you need to do is pick up the phone, dial 020-867-7878 and share your thoughts with us uh, alternatively. You can use a more modern method of communicating, that of Twitter, and tweet us at Voice of Islam UK. And uh, we are going to be, uh, as I said, uh, covering uh, a host of different subjects. Um, in a few minutes' time, we'll be beginning the rundown of the weather uh, before going on to examine some of the new stories that are doing the rounds these days in the wider media. Also, uh, looking at some of the activities within the Muslim community as well. And uh, as I said, uh, if you have um, anything to say on anything that we may be discussing, then please do uh, take uh, the opportunity of picking up the phone and uh, calling in, or as I said, tweet, tweeting if you want to use that method. Uh, now, those familiar with the show will know that uh, we normally take on two main topics uh, during the course of the program, which we look in uh, at uh, great uh, depth, uh, spending more than half an hour in each. Um, and uh, today we're looking at um, one particular uh, topic uh, concerning elders. We know the importance that Islam places on giving respects to our parents and elders. Uh, this study examines this, uh, our first topic, the importance of elders, from an evolutionary and scientific perspective. So we'll be discussing this subject with Lily Webb, uh, who is the head of research at uh, Aid UK. Uh, so if you're interested in this, then make sure you are tuned in uh, when we are looking at this particular item. It's going to be between 7.30 and 8.15. So in about 20 minutes' time, that we'll start looking at that. And uh, as far as the second main topic that uh, we're going to be looking at in some detail, well, it's related to the trauma that we are all going through with the pandemic and followed up with the cost of living crisis and the stress that this has brought about. Apparently, according to this particular study, stress is not always a bad thing. Uh, so the title of this topic is uh, Some Types of Stress Could Be Good for brain functioning. Uh, so we'll be exploring this subject further uh, with uh, Dr. Tala Rashid. Uh, Dr. Tala is a molecular bio biologist and editor of the French edition of uh, the Review of Religions. So um, um, we hope that uh, he will be able to give us greater insight into this particular topic. So lots to do, lots to cover. And uh, without uh, further ado, let's go for a very short break. After that, we will be looking at uh, both the weather and what uh, uh, the uh, uh, wider media is saying about uh, what is happening around the world. So let's go for a very short break. I'll be back. Don't go away. Allah, Allah. 
You're listening to the Voice of Islam Radio. Broadcasting on DAB and via the internet 24 hours a day. Peace be upon you. Uh, good morning. Welcome to the Breakfast Show of the Voice of Islam. In the month of Ethan, we and myself, Walid Ahmed. Uh, as mentioned before, the very short break we had, uh, we'll be looking first and foremost at uh, the weather. Uh, it is uh, very much dominating our news. Uh, uh, well, our TV screens and newspapers at the moment. Uh, today, as far as the BBC forecasters saying to be more specific, uh, will be dry and sunny for many, with uh, little in the way of cloud. However, northwestern Scotland and the Isles with, uh, will be cloudier, uh, with patchy light rain, a hot day especially in the south. Uh, and as far as the evening is concerned, it will be dry and clear for most, with just the odd spot of rain in far northern Scotland. However, areas of low cloud, mist and fog will spill into north uh, eastern areas from the North Sea. So it's a dry, warm uh, day that is being predicted by um, the BBC forecasters. Uh, many would uh, welcome this after uh, uh, the cold patch we uh, normally have to endure in the winter, but there is alarm on the uh, rising temperature, the dryness, and what that, uh, what consequences that leads to. Uh, we'll be exploring that uh, and later on during the course of this uh, first part of the program. Um, in fact, uh, it wouldn't be bad to start with that. In fact, most of the last two days, newsrooms have led with the story of the current heat wave we've uh, expected to uh, experience. It's uh, started officially. Uh, yesterday and uh, we last till Sunday with temperatures rising to 37 degrees. I'm not reaching the heights of uh, the heady heights of 40 plus experienced last month, but still uh, led to an amber warning being issued uh, that started at midnight uh, yesterday. And uh, this particular alert has run from uh, Thursday to, uh, to Sunday, midnight yesterday uh, to Sunday. Um, so there is a risk of fires uh, due to the dryness. That's what I was mentioning earlier about the consequences of the dry weather. That And firefighters have urged the public uh, to help uh, them prevent fires. The London Fire Brigade Assistant Commissioner Jonathan Smith said he wanted to avoid scenes in July where people lost their homes and livelihoods. Uh, you may remember that uh, a number of people uh, lost uh, their entire houses uh, and, and possessions to two fires. Uh, in the first uh, week of August last year, uh, Jonathan Smith, the uh, London Fire Brigade, um, said, uh, Assistant Commissioner of uh, the London Fire Brigade, said that we attended 42 grassland and wildland fires. This, the same week this year, we've attended 340. And he said that please don't uh, barbecue in open spaces or balconies, throw your rubbish away safely, and put your cigarettes out properly. Uh, Mr. Smith also warned people against the use of barbecues on balconies, saying that they could lead to hot ash moving very quickly. Uh, interestingly, Sainsbury and Tesco have joined other supermarket chains in removing disposable barbecues from their shop shelves during the current heat wave. 
Uh, Marks and Spencer, all the waiters have already uh, halted sales and fire brigades have called for all retailers to follow suit as a heat wave raises the risk uh, that the grills will uh, spark fire. So there seem to be uh, disposable barbecues, seem to be the main culprit in uh, in engendering these, these fires that cause so much harm. Uh, Sainsbury's uh, uh, policy was a precautionary measure, uh, they say, uh, but uh, they do not uh, divulge as to how long this particular measure would last. Uh, Tesco were quite clear that this was going to be uh, temporary once the weather conditions allow. Disposable barbecues will be made available again. Uh, and uh, uh, in some areas, uh, fire wildfires have uh, broken out Due to the heat, in Wright and Gateshead, firefighters spent more than 24 hours tackling a fire which started in a field. Uh, speaking on radio, BBC Radio 2, uh, David Exwood um, emphasised the extreme risk of taking barbecues into the countryside, explaining how hard and dry the ground was. And uh, so there is a lot of um, cautionary advice that has been given, and I think it's so uh, important that it is... Uh, um, heated so that we do not uh, add to the misery that we already uh, seem to be going through. Uh, One of the miseries that I think uh, some people uh, feel that they are having to endure is uh, this leadership race uh, in the Conservative Party. Uh, To have such a race lasting for a few days is one thing. But uh, to see it going on and on and on and on, uh, especially in this in this time of crisis when we need decisions made, uh, is something that uh, is difficult to, to bear. But anyway, the uh, in the in this particular battle between the two candidates uh, competing to lead the Conservative Party, Foreign Secretary Liz Truss remains in a strong lead amongst the party members against her adversary, the former Chancellor Rishi Sunak. And during the last few days, it is the energy crisis that has been at the centre for both candidates. Uh, Mr Sunak is all for giving direct support to consumers with cash handouts, a cut in VAT on fuel and green levies levies coupled with windfall taxes uh, on the colossal profits uh, that energy companies are making. Uh, his opponent, Listras, has a different uh, take on things, uh, not making uh, any such commitments and branding the uh, windfall tax um, as dirty and bashing business. So she's not in favour of uh, such taxes. Uh, she's aiming to cut taxes um, for the general public, those who earn, uh, and, uh, so that uh, more people can keep the money they earn to cope with the crisis. So that's her approach. Uh, Cut uh, income tax. That way, what uh, goes into the pocket of the worker is greater because less tax is taken out by the government and that uh, greater money that uh, they are able to keep uh, then can help towards uh, paying the bills. It's an interesting, uh, it's an interesting uh, approach. Uh, some help, uh, but uh, it wouldn't do much good uh, for pensioners and the unemployed, unemployed. At least that's what the critics are saying. Whereas Mr. Sunak's policies are more direct and appeal to the general public. Uh, the contest, it has to remember, is solely for the consumption of Tory members. 
and they're very, uh, there is every likelihood that uh, the Foreign Secretary's message would resonate more with them, uh, in fact, much uh, more than that of the former Chancellor. So she still remains ahead in the polls, and it is difficult to see how Sunak is going to breach the gap. Results will be announced on the 5th of September. Uh, we can't uh, wait uh, long enough for that. Anyway, moving on uh, to discuss this particular energy crisis in more detail, there is great energy, uh, great concern being expressed about energy prices uh, rising astronomically and a prediction of, uh, of typical bills rising uh, to £500 a month are expected to become a reality. Blame is being assigned to Russia for reducing its gas supply by 20%, which it claims is due to remedial work. Some say it is uh, quite a cheek uh, for us to start blaming Russia uh, when we are the ones that uh, slapped sanction upon sanction on them and said that we will not be uh, using their energy in the future. Um, the steep increase in household energy prices is uh, due to uh, supply and demand on the global wholesale market, uh, so it is said. This has driven up uh, the amount providers pay for gas and electricity, and that cost is now being passed on to the consumer. But there's growing unease. I don't know what you think, but there is growing unease of the way that the UK government has been reacting to the crisis. Uh, with the governing party embroiled in a leadership battle, just to cover that uh, a few minutes ago, uh, that is not going to be resolved until a few more weeks, the current Prime Minister is insistent on putting uh, any rescue plan in place on hold until the new administration takes over. Uh, yesterday's meeting with energy executives and the Prime Minister and Chancellor has been viewed as simply a, a talking shop for sure with no concrete proposals to consider. But uh, supporters of the government are saying that uh, they have outlined, or the Chancellor is outlining, uh, options uh, for the new, new Prime Minister to consider when he or she takes over the reins uh, of government. So it hasn't been uh, just an empty show uh, that particular meeting, uh, it has, it, there has been greater meaning to that. Uh, our lack of action uh, in the UK is brought under uh, sharp relief when we look at how Europe has dealt with the situation. Uh, while prices here in the UK have increased by a staggering 215%, over on the continent, the rise has been restricted to only a quarter of that, 44%. And while UK consumers have been bracing themselves with an over 200% increase in the energy prices, Germany has intervened to limit any increase for their consumers to just 23%. And France, with this renationalization, has limited any increase to a pittance, 4%. So as one astute commentator put it to me yesterday, the UK government does not care and the UK media and uh, voting public will just blame Putin. Uh, he used more harsh uh, words than that, but that's, I think, uh, as far as I can go on this uh, very respectable program, that UK does not care, UK media and voting public will just blame Putin, and they will say that that is he's the cause for misery. A bit harsh as an assessment of government, wouldn't you say? 
uh, surely its caring credentials were tested uh, during the pandemic when it came uh, when it came out with furloughs the uh, the furlough scheme and loans to get us through the through that ordeal uh, it is unfortunate that the government is paralyzed at present owing to its leadership contest and no concrete uh, policies can be put through but we rest assured uh, or we can be rest assured that based on its track record uh, before the new cap is announced in october uh, this is a new energy cap. It will come. The government will come to the rescue of the uh, of the consumer. Um, so, is that how you feel, or do you feel that the government is really, really letting us down and really uh, should uh, how, how do you say uh, pull its socks up? Um, but anyway, um, those are uh, the news stories that are circulating in the wider media and uh, just gone through. Um, some of them uh, we are going to be going for a very short break now uh, and after the break uh, we'll be back um, with uh, either more stories or uh, we'll go ahead uh, progress through the course of the of the program so do stay with us here we're going to go for a short break writings of the promised messiah alayhisalam our paradise lies in our god our highest delight is in our God, for we have seen Him and have found every beauty in Him. This wealth is worth procuring, though one might have to lay down one's life to procure it. This ruby is worth purchasing, though one may have to lose oneself to acquire it. O ye who are bereft, run to this fountain, and it will satisfy you. It is a fountain of life that will save you. What shall I do? And how shall I impress the hearts with this good news? And by beating what drum shall I make the announcement that this is our God? So that people might hear. What remedy shall I apply to the ears of the people so that they should listen? Ever since man walked on the face of the earth, there have been over 15,000 major wars that have killed close to 4 billion people. Though impossible to calculate accurately, it is estimated that since the beginning of our recorded history, the world has known only about 300 years of peace. Each leader in the world desires to find a lasting solution to the issue that has plagued our beautiful planet centuries over centuries. There have been many movements, conferences, organizations and NGOs all over the world that promote the idea of world peace, but peace on earth has continued to be just an aspiration. Khilafat Ahmadiyya is the heavenly institution that was prophesied by the peace-loving Prophet Muhammad History has shown that whenever the world suffers disorder and injustice, a spiritually guided man stands up and advises the world on how to achieve peace through the heavenly teachings of Islam. You're listening to the Voice of Islam Radio. Broadcasting on DAB and via the internet 24 hours a day.
Peace be upon you. Good morning. Welcome back to the Breakfast Show of the West of Islam with Imam Taqeet Tanmeer and myself, Khalid Ahmed. Uh, as uh, mentioned before the break, uh, we will be looking at uh, the main stories uh, now that we are going to be uh, considering. Uh, the importance of elders is the first main story. It's uh, something we picked up from the Science Daily and uh, their website. And the gist of uh, what uh, attracted our attention is this story, which um, is regarding uh, elders uh, and uh, the importance of elders. According to uh, a long-standing canon in evolutionary biology, natural selection is uh, uh, cruelly selfish, favoring traits that um, uh, help promote reproductive success. Uh, this usually means that the so-called force of selection is well-equipped uh, to uh, remove harmful mutations that appear during early life and throughout the reproductive years. However, by the uh, uh, age fertility ceases, the story goes that selection becomes blind to what happens to our bodies. After the age of um, uh, menopause, our cells are more vulnerable to harmful mutations. In the vast majority of animals, this usually means that death follows shortly after fertility ends. So in a paper published in the uh, Proceedings of the National Academy, uh, National Academy of, uh, of Sciences, senior author Gervin, uh, with uh, a former U uh, U UCSB postdoctoral fellow and uh, population ecologist Raziel Davison, uh, challenged the long-standing view that the force of natural selection in humans must decline to zero once reproduction is complete. They assert that a long post-reproductive lifespan is not just due to recent advancements in health uh, and medicine, uh, the potential, but contend that the potential for long for long life uh, is part of who we are as humans, an evolved feature of uh, of the life uh, of the life course. Goodwin said, "The secret to our, the secret to our success is our our grandparents." For examples, uh, one of the leading ideas for human longevity is called the grandmother hypothesis. Uh, the idea that uh, through their efforts, um, maternal grandmothers can increase their fitness uh, by helping improve the uh, uh, survival of their grandchildren, thereby enabling their daughters to have more children. Uh, such fitness effects help ensure that the grandmother's DNA is passed down. In their paper, the researchers take the kernel of that idea, intergenerational transfers or resource uh, sharing between old and young, and show that it too has played a fundamental role in the force of selection at different ages. Food sharing in non-industrial societies is perhaps the most obvious example, uh, but food isn't everything uh, beyond getting fed children are also taught and socialized, trained in the relevant skills and worldviews. This is where older adults can make the biggest contributions. While they don't uh, contribute as much to the food surplus, 
they have the accumulation of lifetime skills that they can deploy uh, to ease the burden of child care on parents, as well as knowledge and training that they can pass on to their grandchildren. Gurman and Davison uh, further found that uh, rather than our long lifespans opening up opportunities that led to uh, a human-like foraging economy and social behavior, the reverse is more likely. Our skills, intensive strategies, uh, and long-term investments in the health of the group receded and evolved with our shift to, uh, to, to our particular human life history with its extended childhood and unusually long post-reproductive stage. In contrast, uh, chimpanzees, who represent our best uh, guess as to what humans' last common ancestor uh, may have been like, are able to forage for themselves by age five. However, their foraging activities require less uh, skill and they produce a minimum uh, surplus. Even so, the authors show that if a chimpanzee-like ancestor would share their food more widely, they could still generate enough uh, indirect fitness uh, contributions to increase the force of selection in later childhood. And uh, what they suggest, uh, according to them, is that human longevity is really uh, a story about cooperation. Uh, at least that's what uh, Mr. Gervin said. Uh, chimpanzee, he went on to say, uh, that chimpanzee grandmothers are rarely observed doing anything uh, for the grandkids. Uh, though the authors say their work is more about how the capacity for long life uh, came to uh, first exist uh, in the homo lineage, the implication that we owe it to elders everywhere is an important reminder looking forward. So that's uh, essentially a brief uh, description of this item that we picked up uh, from this particular uh, website. I think it's the Science Daily I mentioned. Uh, that's uh, uh, essentially what it said. And of course, there's an Islamic perspective to it. And uh, we'll be receiving that in a few minutes time from Imam Tokeet and we. And also, I don't think we, we in our opening session, we mentioned anything about uh, news items that are relevant to the activities of the Muslim community. There was a major event that was held uh, recently, uh, and I'm sure that Imam Taki will be able to uh, give us a rundown and a brief summary of how that went. Uh, Asalaamu Alaikum, sir. Wa Alaikum Asalaam Wa Rahmatullah. Uh, hope you're doing well this morning. Uh, yes, it's quite warm, isn't it? Uh, Yes. Uh, you're, not, you're not dressed in your uh, traditional T-shirt <laughs> <laughs> and jeans. I, yes. Um, I mean, you know, we've been blessed with a great heat wave this this year. <laughs> um, I mean, if you compare it to last year, I don't think it was uh, as sunny as this year. But, uh, no. um, you know, we, we uh, I think a lot of people have enjoyed it as well. And, uh, uh you know, even as you mentioned, even uh, last week we had the annual convention, mm. um, and um, there was over twenty-six thousand people who had attended. Uh, majority of those were from the UK, um, but mm-hmm. there were some special guests that did come from abroad as well. Um, you know, and, and uh, we we did uh, our Jalsa Salana special as well on on the Friday morning as well. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and, and you know his his holiness uh, actually one one particular uh, speech that his holiness uh, mentions is the is his saturday speech and uh, this talks about all the progress that the md muslim community is doing around the world um and it's important to note that uh, the voice of islam was actually mentioned as well okay. on on the saturday speech Were you um uh, vo- the voice of islam radio uh-huh. station so uh-huh. and his holiness mentioned that uh, now by the grace of god almighty that uh, voice of islam is now being broadcasted in uh, other cities as well such as bradford edinburgh glasgow so his holiness particularly mentioned this point and the fact that uh, there has been um some more some renovation work which has been going on within the studio so uh, it's ver- it's very uh it's it's you know it's is we're, we're very blessed that his holiness mentioned voice of islam hmm. and uh, as of now globally there are 25 radio stations um across the globe uh, which uh you know which spread the teachings of islam so within the community we we have 25 stu- studios for example uh, there's also studio voice of islam studio in canada um and very recently there have also been inaugurations of two radio stations in germany and in holland so uh, by the grace of god almighty there are uh you know that there are every year it's increasing and uh uh you know the whole purpose of voice of islam is that uh, we have this opportunity to spread the two teachings of of islam um and you know on various uh particular topics mm. um so you know please pray for us as well um that you know may allah the almighty uh increase our efforts and uh, bless us in this regard Um, I mean, it's a great privilege that His Holiness mentioned this. So yeah, this this is something which which I wanted to mention from the annual convention. Mm-hmm. So this annual convention was very much a UK convention, not the international um, dimension that it usually takes. Um, and it has been what two years since uh, we had uh, a convention of this kind. Yes, so last year there was also a convention mm-hmm. as well but uh, due to the covid restrictions uh you must have remembered that it was uh only a capacity of 5000 which they accommodated for and uh, even members of the MDM community here in the UK they were only allowed to visit one of the days mm-hmm. so so they were not allowed to visit all um all three days of the of the session um right. so you could only attend one particular day mm-hmm. so social distancing was practiced uh, during the event and masks wearing in in this one in this one yeah yes so uh everyone was it was mandatory for everyone to wear a face mask mm-hmm. um and and you know social distancing where it was managed uh you, you did have to social distance yourself but uh, you know with the capacity of over uh 26000 um you know y- y- you can't exactly keep a 2 meter no. distance but uh, uh you know nevertheless people were mm. mindful as well no no one was shaking mm. hands mm-hmm. um or embracing or em- yeah. embracing uh-huh. one another uh-huh. even uh old friends you know that had uh, met each other after uh-huh. uh, many years uh-huh. uh you know they they would uh, just meet each other with the distance so that uh-huh. that was uh, that was very good to see uh, my my duties was actually in the in the parking area 
Uh-huh. Um, so I was, we were helping. Um, so w- w- one particular thing which happens within the backgrounds is that a lot of, uh, from the Anti-Muslim Youth Association, uh, there's various departments uh, which come under khidmat khalq So uh, these departments, they cater for, uh, you know, such as security, parking, um, there's so many different departments. So our region particularly, we were allocated in the parking area. Um, and, uh, you know, we had to look after the flow of the traffic and obviously make sure that the pedestrians don't cross when there are is on moving traffic. So this was uh, something which was ongoing throughout uh, the Jalsa mm-hmm. uh, day and night. So someone had to be at the post um, 24-7 really. Um, but uh, you know it was very good working with the uh, these young young boys um, you know that would sacrifice so mm-hmm. much mm-hmm. Um, one of the members I spoke to he said that he hasn't been in and he hasn't listened to the convention properly mm-hmm. uh, for almost three years so it just goes to All show right. the <coughs> sacrifice mm. you know that <coughs> some of these <coughs> some of these uh, boys do for this annual convention Um and a lot of uh, the work is undertaken by volunteers and uh, what is uh, remarkable is the number of people that uh, step forward for this task. I remember His Holiness mentioning the fact that uh, in the run-up to the event that uh, more people turned up to help with the organization than expected so much so that food became scarce. So it's, it's, a, good, it's a great testament to the... Uh, to the skill and the uh, enthusiasm of, of members that they do that. Uh, and when it comes to precautions, uh, I understand also that uh, when food was being served, uh, people were encouraged to do not to, um, to eat and not to converse, to sit, uh, 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 bearing social distancing in mind, and uh, to leave the, uh, the marquee as soon as they mm. finished and not to s- uh, stick around. Uh, engaged in discussions and conversation. Um, so it wasn't um, like uh, we used to have uh, in these conventions, um, precautions keep in keeping with the need of the times were observed. Um, and uh, it was, uh, I would say, would you say, a successful event? Yes, very, very successful. Um you know, you know, the the annual convention is it serves as a means to spiritually uh, spiritually rejuvenate mm. ourselves, and uh, you know, if you look at the first annual convention which uh, which had taken place, was uh, you know it was in um, eighteen uh, eighteen ninety one, uh, if, if I recall. Um, yes. Uh, so this was something which was which has which was initiated by the promised Messiah, peace be upon him. Um, And it is ongoing ever since. Um, So, you know, I would would say it is very successful. And just lastly, I did want to mention one particular uh, thing as well, that uh, as I was mentioning that a lot of the Amdiya Muslim Youth Association, you know, a lot of them had attended this event. And one particular uh, I met one particular brother who said that he's never he's never attended the annual convention. So to listen to his story, to uh-huh. you know, to have attended the event for the first time, it was very moving. 
um, that you know he saw his holiness for the first time as well. Okay. Uh, so that w- that was uh, I think a highlight for me particularly. Right. Um, to meet this young uh, brother myself. Uh-huh. Right. Um, we were discussing uh, the subject of importance of elders and this scientific study. Uh, we I did mention at the top of the program that we'll be discussing this particular topic with uh, an expert, uh, Libby Webb, who's the head of research at Age UK. And uh, if my uh, lights are right, if I'm reading those lights correctly, then uh, she is with us. Thank you very much for uh, joining us, Libby. Hi, thanks for having me. Right, uh, we're discussing, as I mentioned, uh, this particular study that uh, attracted our attention about the importance of elders and the evolutionary scientific uh, aspect to this. Uh, but before we go on to that, I mean, can you tell us uh, about your work? I mean, you work for Age UK. What are the aims of Age UK? Yeah, of course. Um, so Age UK is the UK's biggest charity for older people. Um, and our overarching aim is to be there for the older people who need us most. Um, the sort of key ways we do that are we provide support for older people if they have any problems relating to ageing, um, if they're having difficulty accessing health and care needs, health and care services, or they're living on low incomes, or if they're lonely. Mm-hmm. Um, we also research and campaign to improve the lives of older people and to defend older people's rights. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're the head of research uh, at uh, AUK. Uh, what type research? What type of research do you do, and uh, what do you hope to to learn? I mean, what's the purpose? What's the benefits of the research you conduct? Mm. Well, most of the research we do um, is working with our influencing department, where we're trying to influence the government and other uh, decision makers to make decisions to improve the lives of older people. So we do research on all sorts of topics. Um, As I'm sure you're aware, everything is important to older people. So, um, you know, key topics for us are money and benefits, housing, health and care. But, you know, we do all sorts of things. So we've worked on domestic abuse. um, We've worked on um, the EU settlement scheme and all sorts of issues that affect older people. And so we're often analyzing government data um, and providing statistics to the charity to help the charity campaign to improve older people's lives. Mm-hmm. And we also commission research um, on all different topics, how older people use cash. Um, recently, we did some research on older people from minority ba- backgrounds to find out what's important to them and how they understand and what they know about HDK. Mm-hmm. Um and we work really closely with our policy and campaigns and media teams to make sure that our research is really impactful. Um, you know, our research makes it onto front pages of newspapers and it gets quoted in Parliament. So, you know, we're making sure that the research we do is really going out into the world and making a difference for older people. Mm-hmm. Does it really bring about change? Do you think that uh, it brings about change in policies and the way that uh, we are developing? Um, I hope so. I mean, it's often a challenge to work out exactly how your work impacts on policy. But, you know, our colleagues have lots of conversations with policymakers, decision makers, Mm -hmm. and we're always influencing in the background. Um, It's very difficult to um, get big changes made, but we can work hard to make sure that, for instance, the 
triple lock on the state pension days. Mm -hmm. Um, We can make sure that um, in the health services, decisions that are made about older people's care um, are dependent on their health needs rather than on their age. Mm -hmm. These sorts of things. And in respect of the current energy crisis, what kind of uh, help or research are you being able to contribute to change policy? Yeah, it's a, I mean, it's a really key current focus for us. Um, we know about how the cost of living is challenging everybody, um, and obviously our focus is on older people. Um, mm. And we're using our research, using government data and other data, and also commissioning polling to ask older people themselves how they feel about the energy crisis and using that to campaign to make sure that the government provides as much support for older people as possible to cope with the increasing cost of energy and other essentials. Okay. Uh, My colleague is with me, and he'll be asking a couple of questions as well. But uh, let me just uh, finish uh, with this one. I mean, with improved diet and health care, long lives are becoming common. How do older citizens use and contribute to the activities of uh, Age UK? Um, well, first of all, in terms of using AGK, um, we have a telephone advice line for older people. Um, so if older people have any problems relating to aging, they should phone us and we can offer information and advice. Um, we also have a befriending service where if older people are lonely, they can be matched with somebody who will phone them once a week and have a chat and that, you know they form a friendship and um, that helps with um, improving their loneliness. Is that Silver Line? Um, is, that the silver, uh, is that what it's called? Silver Line, silver line is a sort of conversation service where uh-huh. if you're lonely, you can phone and you can talk to somebody, talk about your problems. We also have this befriending thing where you have a one-on-one relationship with another, a volunteer who phones you weekly. Right, right. Okay, now over to, to my colleague, Imam Tukhi. Um, good morning, uh, Libby. I hope you're doing well this morning. Good morning. Um, I wanted to ask you, different cultures um, value and use elders differently. Um, mm-hmm. So how in the UK can we value our elders more? Yeah, I mean, I think there's ageism in our society. And I would say there's probably ageism in all societies. In the UK, we really saw that highlighted at the beginning of the pandemic it became really clear that older people were at greatly increased risk from COVID-19 than younger people. And there were moments when we worried that healthcare decisions would be made based on people's age rather than their need. And so we worked to prevent that. Um, It's really important that we respect the contribution that older people make to our society. Um, In the UK, there are 2 million older people who are carers providing essential care to their loved ones. Um, we also know that many older people volunteer and make important contributions to their communities in other ways and are engaged in paid work as well. But also, you know, older people are a linchpin in their communities and in their families, and that needs to be respected. Absolutely, totally. Uh, thank you for that. And and lastly, what can what could our listeners do to find out more about opportunities for uh, for them to use? Age UK services or to volunteer to support Age UK. Okay, thank you. Um, so I should give our helpline phone number. Um, so if anybody wants to call that, it's open every day. Um, it's 
0800-055-6112. And that's the helpline you can phone for any problems relating to ageing. Um, and, you know, we can offer information and advice on any topic. Um, also, we've got a website if you're online. I know lots of people, older people aren't, so that can be tricky, but we have all sorts of information on our website. That's ageuk.org.uk. Um, and you can on there, you can look up all sorts of information advice. You can also look up where your local HUK is. So we have independent charities across the country who can directly provide services to older people. So they might be social activities or a handy person service. Who, you know, you can have a person come around to your house and fix things for you if you need that. And there's also information and advice available there. Um, but in terms of the way that older people can support us or anybody can support us, um, you could volunteer to become a telephone befriender and be matched by us with a lonely older person to have a weekly phone call. And you can volunteer in one of our shops. And um, we've got shops all over the country. Um, and we're always, always keen to have new volunteers to help us um, with taking in donations and making sales as well. Um, and a really easy thing to do if you're online is to join our campaigners you'd get regular emails from our campaigns team and with um, information about the campaigns we're running and you know suggestions to write to your MP and petitions to sign and things like that to support um, the needs of older people. Mm. And do you, do you find you're oversubscribed? I've been trying to become a telephone uh, befriender with Age UK and I've been told that there's a long waiting list. Oh, really? So yes. uh, it, it often fluctuates. So at the moment, we're actually short of volunteers. So you mm-hmm. should, if, um, I suggest you get back in touch uh-huh. and make sure you're still on our waiting list because we're, we're really keen for new volunteers. We okay. had a lot of older people come to us during the pandemic and we're just, we're, we're, we're really struggling to find enough volunteers for defending mm-hmm. them all. Okay, that's good news. Anyway, thanks very much for coming on. And okay. uh, yes, uh, and uh, yes, uh, telling us more about Age UK and the wonderful work that it does. And, uh, and hope you. No, a pleasure. Hope you uh, wish you all the best in the future. Thank you very much. Bye bye. Thank you very much. Bye bye. Right. So that was uh, Libby Webb. Uh, she's uh, the research uh, head of research in Age UK. Uh, there is uh, a um, Islamic perspective to all this, uh, all of you. Um, so if you can um, help us with that. Yes, absolutely. And uh, we see that in our in our society, for example, if you look at, uh, for example, a lot of the elders within um, within the Middle Eastern, or if you if you look towards uh, more towards the Muslim countries, uh, that you know there's that sense of uh, looking after the elderly, um, and uh, the reason for that is because it is within. It is within, uh, uh, you know, it, it is in, in, in the injunctions of the Holy Quran that, you know, you should look after the elderly and you should care for them. Um, you know, we are taught the prayer from a young age that, uh, that, oh my Lord, have uh, mercy on our parents and look after them and nurture them. Um, as they looked after me and they uh, cared for me when I was young. Um, so this is that prayer, you know, we've been taught at a young age to always recite. Um, also, the Holy Quran, in the Holy Quran, all human beings are mentioned 
as members of a single large family unit and members of this large family have some obligation and rights towards each other as well as to the unit itself and the smallest family unit starts with husband and wife and with the birth of a child they become father and mother and with the expansion of the family the husband and the wife assume different roles and the biggest and most important role is their parenthood as they have to prepare future generations future generations peace and happiness reigns supreme in the family unit as long as parents and their guide um, and pivotal center and there therefore it is of paramount importance for the husband and wife to know and comprehend the role and responsibilities and rights of parents and in the connection with islamic family unit parents and children his holiness hazm zatahir ahmed uh, the fourth caliph of the Indian muslim community he has stated in his writing to build a family life uh, to build a family life around the pivotal figure of a mother requires the strengthening of other blood relationships and the restoration of a genuine affinity with the kith and kin and even though each fam- each unit may live separately this larger family concept is supported and prompted by islam for many reasons and some of which are as follows that number 1 it prevents imbalance imbalances from occurring in society second if, if strong and love and affection were promoted in the family between brothers and sisters father and daughters mother mothers uh, and sons it would naturally lead to the consultation and protection of a healthy family unit and this natural bonding is further strengthened by a system of relationships surrounding in it, in it the form of genuine affinity and closeness between aunts uncles nieces nephews cousins grandchildren and grandparents and new avenues of seeking warmth and healthy pleasure would open up for this larger family system number 3 that the institution of family in such cases is less likely to be fragmented and to share a common roof in the name of a family would no longer be as meaningless as we generally find today and the members of a family uh, would continue to gravitate towards the central beacon of family elders and most family activities would rotate around this axis and there would be no lone individual forgotten dejected and relegated to the attic or basement of social order or knocked out of families as useless articles and this is exactly the islamic concept of homes and families which is regarded as the most important central unit in in society and it it's mainly because of this difference in attitudes that today we find in the modern society of the world a much greater in incident of abandoned old and disabled parents considered as burden on families so so the so the, the holy quran educates society in a unique way for the upbringing of upcoming generation and it teaches 
that to achieve the best relationship between you and your children, it is highly essential that relationships between husband and wife should also be excellent. And regarding this, it says in in the Holy Quran in chapter four, verse thirty five, it says that and God Almighty says, in the name of Allah the Gracious, the Merciful. Men are guardians over women because Allah has made some of them excel others and because they, men, spend their wealth. So virtuous women uh, are those who are obedient and guard the the secrets of their husbands with Allah's protection. So an explanatory note on this verse, it says that this verse refers to guardians uh, the Arabic word which has been used is Kawamun and lays a very heavy responsibility on the shoulders of a husband. And if this conduct is not conducive to the creation of an ideal atmosphere for a healthy family life, that he would have failed in his responsibility to act as a guardian. And it would be it should be remembered that the best example of Kawam was the Holy Prophet, peace be and bless him be upon him. He was neither harsh nor dictatorial nor in any way offensive or over assertive in relation to his family. And to keep them on the right path was a grave responsibility. But the way he disregarded this responsibility serves as an excellent living example for all, all times to come and for all those who want to investigate and comprehend the real meaning of of the of the of the word Gawam. So we should look towards the Holy Prophet peace be upon him as he was um he was the best of examples. Um you know he, he was the Rahmatullah mean mercy for all of mankind. <clears throat> and uh in truly if we study his life we find that you know this is the way that we should also try to adopt in our lives. Um, and uh, after the 8 o'clock news we will be looking at various narrations of the Holy Prophet peace be upon him you know where he has uh, mentioned you know how much you should look after your parents um, so we'll be looking at that as well um, so you know this is one thing uh, too to understand but if any of our listeners do want to get in touch with us they do have any feedback they can do so by calling us on 0208 Six eight seven seven eight seven eight. So I'm just going to we're just going to be going into the news, but after that uh, we'll be we'll be continuing the discussion. So don't go anywhere. You are listening to the recording of a live show. Please do not call or text, as this is a recording and lines are now closed. Good morning. Welcome back to the breakfast show of the Voice of Islam with Imam Tokit and we and myself, we were discussing uh, before the break uh, this particular subject of importance of elders and uh, looking through the Islamic teachings in particular, uh, those that are mentioned in the Holy Quran and Imam Tokit will uh, now take us through the same teachings as mentioned in the Hadith and other writings. Yes, so in in a famous tradition, Abu Huraira, he relates that the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, he said that the most perfect of believers in the matters of faith is he whose behavior is best and the best of you are those who behave best towards their wives. And if the parents really want their children to grow up into members of a righteous society, they should remember that mutual relationships between husbands and wives 
are going to play an important role in the making or breaking of the character of their children. And the Holy Quran, it, if we look in the Holy Quran, it teaches us in chapter 24, verse 73 to 75, God Almighty says that, And those who hear not false witness, and when they pass by anything vain, they pass with nig- dignity. And those who, when they are reminded of the signs of their Lord, fall not down thereat, deaf and blind. And those who say that our Lord grant us our wives and children the delight of our eyes and make us a model of the righteous. So this prayer, it possesses a unique charm and is filled with profound wisdom. And both parents, both partners in marriage are taught to pray for each other and their children that God may always provide them deep satisfaction and happiness from one another as well as from their children and to make their children the forerunners and leaders of a God-fearing, righteous generation. It only takes one to apply this teaching to oneself to fully realize the significance of this verse. So when something is vaguely desired, it may not influence the conduct significantly. But it is prayed for it, it earnestly, then the conduct is bound to be influenced by that prayer. To illustrate this further, then there are many amongst us who desire to be truthful, but seldom is this desired translated into practice. And those who earnestly pray to God that he should make them become truthful are influenced far more in their conduct by their prayer than those merely wishing for something vague. A unique effort is made in modeling one's behavior for the better. A person would be acting very oddly indeed after such a prayer if, if he treats his wife and children in a manner inconsistent with the prayer. Turning exclusively to the younger generation and their rights and obligations, the Holy Quran, it admonishes, it says in chapter 59, verse 19, that O ye who believe, fear Allah, and let every soul look to what it sends forth for the marrow, and fear Allah. Verily, Allah is well aware of what you do. So the Quran, it warns the parents that if they fail to discharge the responsibilities due to their offspring and leave behind a generation which is not beyond censor, then in its conduct, then the then the parents will be held answerable before God. Again, the parents are warned not to murder their own children in the sense that the parents become instrumental and responsible in some way in destroying their character. So not only one's own children, but younger generations as a whole must be treated with love, kindness and respect is the strong word of advice given by the Holy Prophet of Islam. May peace and blessing of Allah be upon him. At one place he said that always be kind to your children. Um, and at another place, in the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, he said that a person who has been blessed with one or two daughters and he educates and brings them up in the right manner will enter paradise. So children should be provided religious and secular education to the best standard according to one's means. And however, moral training should be given 
priority so that they have an insight or for developing a relationship with God and seeking uh, and seeking guidance from him throughout the rest of their lives it will ensure their success in all fields of life in due course um, and also if we look at the uh, writings of the of the promised Messiah peace be upon him the founder of the um, the Muslim community he has also stressed this point um, and he says at one place that people have great desire to have children and children are bestowed on them but it is never observed that they strive for making them good pious and obedient servants of God and neither do they ever pray for them nor keep in view different grades of upbringing that is they they do not act according to the requirements of the time and my personal condition in this regard is that there is no salat of mine in which I do not implore for my friends and followers, children and wife. And there are several parents who put their children in bad habits. And when they start acquiring evil in the beginning, they do not warn them. The result is that day by day they become daring and bold in the evil ways. A story is told that a boy was being hanged for his criminal deeds at the at last at this last moment he expressed that his desire to his mother and when when his mother came he went close to her and said that i want to suck your tongue and when she stretched her tongue out he bit it when questioned he replied that my he replied that my this very mother is the cause of my plight today and if she had checked me on time, I would not have come to this end. Suffice it to say that people do desire to have children, but do not, but <clears throat> but not that they be servants of faith, rather that they be their heirs in the world. And when children are born, no attention is paid to, to their upbringing, neither their prospections are straightened out nor their morals are corrected. So this is from Al-Fuzat, volume 2, page 372 to 373. And in this particular reference, it, it talks, it says, uh, it's very profound that many people do want to have children, but they don't go to the extent that uh, <clears throat> they, when the child is born, they look after their needs and make sure that this particular child it grows up to be faithful and a loyal citizen of the country and uh, his holiness he actually narrates an example here of a of a boy and his mother from a very young age whenever he used to do something wrong his habit was of stealing and he would steal quite often and uh, whenever someone would approach the mother the mother would always protect the child that no my child is not wrong but you're wrong so she would cover it up in some way until that that particular child then grows up and becomes a thief um and uh, his his ultimate result is that he is sentenced to death and uh, at that time he says that he wishes to speak to his mother uh but as as his last uh, dying wish and upon this when when he he says that he wants to kiss his mother on the tongue and uh, in this incident, he rips the tongue out of his mother, and here he says that if my mother had guided me, if she had told me that uh, I shouldn't have, st- 
I shouldn't steal if I, you know, if she had told me from the beginning, then I wouldn't be what I am today. And although it's a it's a very short story, it's it's got great wisdom behind it that uh, when it comes to parenting, um uh, we should not only pray for this, but we should work very hard in in you know, giving the right moral upbringing of our children. So, you know, may may God Almighty enable us uh, to understand and act upon these teachings. Um, and with that, I'll pass the mic on to our host, Brother Vili, who can then introduce us to the next segment. Uh, thank you very much, Imam uh, Let's go on to the second segment. Then, uh, it's regard, well, as mentioned at the top of the program, it's uh, concerning stress. And uh, this finding that some types of stress could be good for brain functioning. Uh, it's uh, an item we picked up from Science Daily, and it may feel like an anvil hanging over your head, but uh, that looming deadline stressing you out at work may actually be beneficial for your brain, according to the new research from Youth Development Institute at University of Georgia. Uh, published in uh, Psychiatry Research, this study found that low to moderate levels of stress can help individuals develop resilience and reduce the risk of developing mental health disorders like depression and antisocial behaviors. Low to moderate stress can help individuals to cope with future stressful encounters. The researchers relied on data from the Human Connectome Project, a national project funded by the National Institutes of Health, that aims to provide insight into how the human brain functions. For the present study, the researchers analyzed the project's data for more than 1,200 young adults who reported their perceived stress levels using a questionnaire commonly used in research to measure how uncontrollable and stressful people find their lives. Participants answered questions about how frequently they experienced certain thoughts or feelings, such as, in the last month, how often have you been upset because of something that happened unexpectedly? Or, uh, in the last month, how often have you found that you could not cope with all the things that you had to do? Their neurocognitive uh, abilities were then assessed using tests that measures uh, attention and ability to suppress uh, automatic responses uh, to visual stimuli, uh, cognitive flexibility, or ability to switch between tasks. Uh, Picture sequence memory, which involves remembering an increasingly long series of objects, working memory, and processing speed. The researchers compared those findings uh, with participants' answers from... uh, Uh, multiple measures of anxious feelings, attention, problems, and aggression, among other behavior and uh, emotional problems. The analysis found that low to moderate uh, levels of stress were psychologically beneficial, potentially acting as a kind of inoculation against developing mental health problems. Uh, But the ability to tolerate stress and adversity uh, varies greatly according to the individual. Now, to to discuss this further, uh, I'm pleased to note that we have uh, an expert on the line for uh, with us. It's uh, uh, no other than uh, the um, uh, the <coughs> French edi- uh, the editor of the Review of Religion, the French edition, 
and the uh, the molecular biologist. Um, thank you very much for coming on uh, to talk to us. Assalamu alaikum wa What uh, are some of the um, um, causes uh, of uh, stress, Dr. Thala? Yes, Zakumullah for having me uh, on Voices of uh, Islam. So, first of all, I would like to define and to quickly explain what is stress, you know, that before uh, going uh, to try to list uh, the causes. So, first, stress is actually a set of mental or emotional strain or tension resulting from adverse or demanding circumstances. And, you know, the stress response is uh, like biological, physiological response, which is when it's acute, it means when it's not long-lasting, it's a good thing. Because this stress response that we have in our body will help us to fight against some kind of danger. You know, when we are facing the danger or when we are facing an expected situation, we have to face it. So uh, in our body, we have a system that will allow us to face this kind of circumstances. For example, if we have to uh, avoid, like, um, um, you know, if you are like your walking on the road and we see a car, we have to react in front of this car. Uh, or when we have like a short, let's say, um, uh, deadline when we are uh, in, our, uh, uh, on, in our daily job and when it's stressful, so we have to react. So to react uh, in front of this kind of situation, our body have a very good and very balanced system, uh, which will allow us to fight. So what happened in our body, for example, is that our brain, there is a region called hypothalamus and this but this uh, region in our brain will you know kind of uh, is a command center so when we need to fight this kind of danger this region in our brain called hypothalamus will send a signal to uh, some glands uh, situated in the top of our kidney called adre- adrenal uh, glands and this adrenal glands will uh, produce hormones like uh, adrenaline or cortisol that will allow our body to be ready for this. So what happens is that when we have adrenaline produced in our body, it will, you know, help to increase the heartbeat because in front of a danger or unexpected situation, we have to react fast. Mm. So to react fast, uh, we have to, like, our body needs to be ready, and to be ready, our heartbeat should be, uh, let's say, uh, faster. We should have more glucose level available for our brain. Uh, and we should have, let's say, more uh, oxygen available uh, and more um, air uh, uh, in our lungs. So all these uh, uh, physiological changes will happen when we will have adrenaline and cortisol in our body, and this is produced when we need to get ready for stress. So Mm -hmm. now what happens regarding the causes is that the causes of stress are very dependent on, on each individual. For example, for some people, stress um, is going to be um, the, one of the co- main causes are going to be job because uh, many, many people uh, are feeling very stressed at our jo- their job uh, or many people are uh, still stressed, you know, because they are uh, not having a healthy uh, marriage life or many, many people are, um, let's say, feeling stressed every day because, for example, uh, some very basic uh, reason like transport you know, um, uh, some years ago, there were a very interesting study uh, evaluating the, st- the level of stress of the transport 
on individuals. And the study showed that many people are stressed without knowing that they are stressed by transport because they are taking one hour, one hour, 30,000 daily. And in the study, they showed that women are more um, uh, stressed by transport than in a man. So the stress, you know, the causes are, let's say, multiple, they are different. For example, recently, a study showed that uh, teenagers and young adults are very stressed because of um, social networks, because they are like constantly connected to social networks and uh, they are spending hours daily on social networks and they are like affected by what they read, what the videos they, they, they are seeing uh, daily. And this is, is uh, stressing them um, and, you know, uh, increasing the, the level of anxiety. So I just wanted to yeah, mention this, that the causes are very different because some people will uh, manage to, you know, to uh, overcome uh, some daily stresses, like job uh, stresses related to job, to uh, their uh, everyday life. But some people uh, won't be able to do this because they have um, different personalities. And uh, research is also showing that probably uh, the genetics also might explain why some people are dealing well with stress and some people are not dealing well with stress. But it's not like, like today is not very well established. So today what we know that uh, there are multiple um, causes of stress and each individual will react differently according to uh, uh, his or, or her life experience, uh, background maybe, uh, and uh, personality. Mm. Um, in your earlier part of your answer, you, you explained uh, how useful uh, stress is and how essential it is. Uh, what about the uh, eventuality when it gets out of control? Uh, what uh, treatments, what can you do uh, in those situations? Yes, indeed. Unfortunately, uh, you know, this uh, stress reaction is very useful when it's acute and it's not long-lasting. But indeed, when we are not able to manage the stress and the stress response lasts for a long time, that will have very, let's say, um, adverse event, adverse effects, sorry, on our body, on our brain. So one thing that we should know is that this chronic stress situation will lead to um, changes in our brain. Uh, because, you know, in our brain we have um, some structure very important for mood, uh, regulation for um, our memory uh, processes, uh, very important also for our uh, sleep regulation, uh, important also for, you know, the, to balance uh, the level of a chemi chemical compound, important for, for our mood and for all the processes called, for example, serotonin, uh, as an example. So when we have a chronic stress situation, all these major processes are disbalanced and one thing that also often happens is uh, inflammation. So inflammation is very bad because it can lead to many, many multiple uh, diseases. So first, psychiatric disorders, uh, diabetes and cancer. So we have to, you know, um, really when we are facing this kind of stress situation, we have to uh, act, I, I would say, you know, we have to manage this. But when we are not able to, to manage this, we have to, you know, to, to, we need to, uh, to seek help. So regarding the options we have, so study, uh, research uh, and recent uh, research uh, showed that there are very, sometimes very, when the stress level is not high, when it's moderate or mild, um, meditation, relaxation is 
very efficient. So, uh, so there are like proper clinical trials that were um, uh, done to show the, uh, the efficiency of uh, meditation and relaxation. And uh, in this clinical trial, there were like a, a clear uh, um, uh, efficacy of this, uh, this method. But other um, methods are very, very efficient in case of uh, uh, mild or moderate stress is physical activity. Physical activity is very, very efficient. And the studies show that if individuals are, you know, uh, doing physical activity regularly, not very intense, but moderate physical activity, it's very, very helpful. And then another um, uh, method that were very useful as well was to increase our um, social interaction uh, and not virtual interaction on real social interaction for example to do some volunteer work in our own community to do this kind of uh, work where we feel useful is also very very important so I'm thinking because this kind of method that are not it's not medication it's like uh, uh, meditation relaxation physical activity increasing uh, social interaction or something uh, to like um, they are called non-medication methods, and they are very, very uh, efficient today. Um, and last thing is to have a healthy uh, lifestyle, to eat well, to sleep well, because this is very, very important to manage the stress level. So these uh, four methods are very important and efficient, and we have to implement this as soon as possible, because if we uh, let things as they are, and if we are not trying to manage our stress with this method, then unfortunately, if this chronic uh, stress response lasts for years, it will lead to some irreversible um, situation when, uh, where some people will be, you know, then uh, uh, consented depressed. And it showed that chronic stress lead to depression. And when uh, people are entering in the state of clinical depression, then it's more difficult, you know, to come back because it means that the changes in the brain are quite advanced and they like uh, you know uh, they are like uh, very difficult to reverse so that's why it's very important that when people are feeling stressed uh, they you know implement uh, relaxation physical activity um, uh, increase uh, uh, social interaction and uh, to try to have a very uh, healthy uh, lifestyle because this is very efficient efficient uh, method and it will prevent to go for medicated uh, solution assalamualaikum uh, dr tala rashid hope you're doing well this morning i wanted to ask you are there many initiatives for mental health and uh, well-being in france yeah indeed because um, i will just uh, share two figures the first is that uh, in France, um, it was evaluated that 21% of uh, uh, adults from 18 to 65 years old, uh, they uh, have anxiety uh, disorders. So it's like a one out of five. It's, uh, it's very, uh, it's, I mean, it's a very scary figure, I would say, that uh, one out of uh, five adults in France, they have anxiety disorders. And the second figure is that one out of uh, 10, I would say, uh, 10 to 15% of people in France, they have a depression disorder. Uh, so in front of this situation, the government had to uh, take some immediate action. 
And this year, in 2022, um, in the French government launched a very extensive program um, called uh, uh, Le Plan Santé Mentale 2022. So it, it, it means Mental Health Plan 2022. And the measures that uh, are going to be uh, that were taken and that are in this uh, this plan is to try to uh, first diagnose as soon as possible this anxiety and uh, depression related disorders. So the uh, medical staff will be uh, the, the awareness of these uh, disorders are, is going to be um, let's say uh, highlighted in the medical training. Uh, of medical doctors uh, for them to be aware of the disorders and to try to diagnose uh, them as soon as possible, uh, first thing. The second thing is that, you know, uh, they are going, for example, to reimburse uh, consultation with the psychologist, you know, to allow French people to um, to go to see the psychologist when, you know, it's needed and it's going to be reimbursed, at least eight consultations uh, per year. Uh, and then, you know, they're going to be like a main and very well organized structure of uh, hospitals uh, that are going to, to take care of uh, this uh, uh, patient that has kind of disorders. So they're like a, a very extensive and very uh, important uh, health plan uh, that is launched this year in 2022 in France. And as the aim of uh, this, uh, uh, this uh, scheme of this plan is to tackle the anxiety and depression related disorder uh, which are very, very uh, prevalent and uh, present uh, in France. Thank you. And and just lastly, before we do let you go as well, um, can some types of stress be beneficial for our health and uh, brain functioning, if you can also uh, shed some light on that? Yeah, indeed. As I said in the introduction, the stress is a, uh, is a very imp- good uh, response when it's not long-lasting because it will help us uh, to uh, be prepared to face some uh, situation that might be stressful. For example, if we have like a short deadline, um, a job, if we have, let's say, some unexpected situation, if we have, unfortunately, uh, someone die in our uh, family or uh, um, in friends. So it's a stressful situation, but our body body not how to react against this because we um, we will be I mean our body will and our brain will work together to uh, keep our uh, body state in a high alert state uh, that will allow us to think faster, to be ready, uh, and to be in constantly high alert situation. So we will have we will think uh, faster. We have more clarity when we will think about uh, something. But this high alert situation is good when it's uh, not long lasting, but, it's, but when it lasts for just for days, one or two weeks maximum. But when this uh, situation is uh, lasting because we are not able to manage or to control stress, then it, uh, it becomes harmful uh, and it's not a good thing. So the stress, the physio- physiological response is a very good one. It's very important because it allows us to face some uh, difficult situation. Uh, so it's a good response, but not when it's long-lasting. Dr. Talarishi, thank you so much for joining us this morning. You uh, are a PhD in uh, molecular biology, medical advisor in pharmaceutical industry, and you are also serving as the editor of French edition of the Review of Religion. So thank you so much once again for joining us Dr. this Madame. morning.
Zak Mullah Sound ko untra baga to. That's the number to call if you do want to get in touch with us. Um, so, uh, Brother Walid, uh, if you can uh, also mm. explain who is our next guest. Yes, uh, <coughs> somebody we spoke to earlier. It's uh, Louis Saunders, a trainer and a stress consultant uh, with the Stress Experts, a business that uh, she created to help uh, people conquer, uh, conquer uh, stress. We spoke to her earlier, and this is what she had to say. So we have with us today at the Voice of Islam radio station, Louise Saunders, and you are a speaker, a trainer, and a stress consultant with the Stress Experts, a business that you created to help people conquer stress. Thank you for joining us today at the Voice of Islam radio station. Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm, I'm very excited. Thank you. So to start off, for the benefit of our listeners, could you tell us a bit about your company, its aims and objectives? Well, my company is small. Uh, it's made of me and my sister. Um, we, what Our goal is, is to help people become their own stress experts. So that's really what the name of our company means. It's not that we're calling ourselves the stress experts, but what we're doing is we're helping people become their own stress expert and therefore creating a group of people of the stress experts. And so the stress, being a stress expert is not about never having stress again. It's actually about learning how to go with the flow, how to navigate challenge, how to deal with stressors and end those challenges in a way that doesn't um, throw you off your game or, you know, deal with those challenges with finesse and with flow. So that's the way that we see a stress expert. And it's not, again, it's not, it's about finding, find, learning the skills to become that stress expert to, to, to navigate challenge and to really become the best version of yourself. So that's what our, our aims are at, the, at this company is to help people become the best version of themselves. And in so doing, you conquer stress. That's very good, fantastic. And who exactly can enroll? Anyone can enroll. We have people from all ages and all walks of life. Um, children, like under the age of you know, twelve, aren't typically our our target market. Um, even though we can help them, it's just not what we do best. Uh, but the anyone from any walk of life, any age, um, and it doesn't have to be. Someone, if, if you are dealing with stress and you're having difficulty dealing with stress, we can help you. Or if you know that there's going to be a stressful thing coming up, we can help you. Or if you want to just have those skills because you know something's going to happen in your life that's going to be stressful um, and you want to prepare for it and you want to have these very important skills of self-regulation, emotional regulation, um, and stress-conquering skills, then we can help you too. And I wanted to get your opinion on this. Do you think in the world that we are living in now, do you think more people are stressed? I think so. I also think that people might have been stressed before, but now they're just more aware of how they're feeling. Mm. So it's kind of, you know, which one is it? Is it the that the stress level is increasing, or are we just becoming more aware of the level of stress that we have? It's, it's hard to say. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah, that, that makes perfectly sense. 
And also for the benefit of our listeners, could you tell us a little bit uh, about some of your programs, such as coaching versus online? Yeah, so coaching, we can do virtually or in person. Um, so I, I do have clients that come see me in person, but I, I do have some that, again, do it virtually over Zoom or um, FaceTime or some other kind of virtual platform. Um, the coaching really helps. It's, a, it's that one-on-one private skill learning. So it's nice to have, like, it's like a coach for sports. It's like an individual one-on-one personal coach for sports that can help you hone your skills and find the areas of that you can apply these skills and apply the tools to your individual life. You're working one-on-one with, with one of us to, to learn these skills and apply them. Where we do have two online programs, the 42-Day Choice Challenge and um, How to Conquer Financial Stress, um, these are more hands-off from us. So there are some people um, that would prefer a less intensive approach that would just want, you know, dip their toe in the water or just a, a taste of what we do. Um, but it's, it's very different than coaching because it's, it's just an online videos um, that, you, that you watch that give you the skills and talk you through the education and the skills, talk you through uh, what stress really is um, and, and some tools to conquer stress. So coaching is more individual, uh, a little bit more intensive, but not necessarily, it's not intense, but a little more individualized is the word I'm looking for. And the online programs is more um, hands-off for our, on my part, but it's still a lot of work, not a lot of work, but uh, the benefit that you get is it correlates with the amount of effort you put into it. Uh, with an online program, pretty much like any online program, you know, just because you bought the program doesn't mean, you know, and it just sits there uh, that you're going to learn all the skills. You actually have to put the effort in to, to learn the, to actually go through the course. So that's the difference between coaching and our online stuff. Coaching uh, is individualized and the online is more hands-off on our part. And Louise, what workshops and trainings do you offer and how does this benefit people? So the workshops and trainings that I offer, they are more, they can be individualized, like customized to a group of people. So I've worked with um, governments, I've worked with businesses, I've worked with um, firefighters, um, managers of a city, um, employees from uh, you know, our local co-op, um, it's a store. So it's, um, it can, what I do is I teach the skills to conquer stress, how to apply the tools and the strategies to their individual lives to improve their energy, to work better with other people, like have more social harmony, to improve their sleep, um, their memory and their learning ability and really become that best version of themselves. So become that person that they aspire to be. And so when the benefits that these people receive um, is, is really how to conquer stress, have less negative emotions and perform 
more optimally physically and mentally. Fantastic. And just lastly, uh, before we do let you go, I wanted to ask you, is there a way to measure stress and how do you uh, utilize technology to measure this and how can this help people? So the technology that we use is from the, the Institute of HeartMath, um, the, the HeartMath Institute in California, uh, United States. This technology is called, um, well, it's either the M-Wave or inner balance. And it's not really to measure stress. It's actually to measure the coordination or the synchronization of the nervous system. And so stress is disharmony in the way the nervous system works. So the technology that we use and uh, is available for purchase uh, gives you it's, its feedback. So it gives you feedback on how your nervous system is synchronized. And the more synchronized it is, the more benefits that you have. So it doesn't really, you can say it measures stress, but that's not really what it's doing. It's measuring the synchronization of your nervous system. Um, and what's, the reason it's so powerful and how it helps people is you can train yourself to synchronize your nervous system. So the, the autonomic nervous system is made of um, a gas pedal and brake pedal, or the, the sympathetic nervous system and parasympathetic. We'll just call it the gas pedal and brake pedal for now. It's just simpler. Um, you can train yourself to have synchronization between that gas pedal and brake pedal of your nervous system, which will be that that is needed in order to conquer stress. So stress is what what happens when there is dissynchronized, unsynchronized, disharmony between the gas pedal and brake pedal of the nervous system. So when you can use this technology, you're actually training yourself. You're getting feedback, real-time feedback of what's happening on the inside. So it's not really measuring stress. And it's not, it's not like a lie detector test. Like it can't, um, it's not saying if you're doing like a good job or a bad job, it's giving you feedback on how synchronized your nervous system is. So the less synchronized it is, you can say the more stress you are experiencing in this moment. And the more synchronized it is, the more harmony and the less stress you're experiencing at this point in time. But it's a real, real time feedback. So you can see how you improve over time and you can see how with doing, doing techniques that we teach, um, they're heart-based techniques, they're very research-based um, and evidence-based techniques. And as you're doing these techniques, you're training your nervous system to decrease stress. And the more you practice it, the easier it gets. And you can see that real time on your on the feedback, so on using the technology. So how it helps people, it gives you a guide to synchronizing your nervous system, and in that way you are conquering stress. Great. Louis Saunders, thank you so much uh, for sharing your expertise on this particular subject. You're a stress consultant at the Stress Experts. Thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, thank you very much for having me. Uh, right, that was Louis Saunders, and here uh, for the Islamic perspective on this particular uh, issue, we have Imam Taki Yutamri. Yeah, so before we uh, start off with the Islamic perspective, uh, I wanted to just 
read out a few simple ways to start helping with the mental health issues. Uh, so the this is a 10-step guide to helping with uh, mental health issues. So it says that number one, you should value yourself, treat yourself with kindness and respect and avoid self-criticism and also make time for your hobbies and your favorite projects or broaden your horizon and do a daily crossword puzzle, plant a garden, take dance lessons, learn to play an instrument or become fluent in another language. And the second thing is that take care of yourself physically and this can improve your mental health. Um, and this includes that be sure to eat nutritious meals, avoid smoking or vaping, drink plenty of water, exercise which helps decrease depression and anxiety and improve moods and get enough sleep. Researchers believe that lack of sleep contributes to a high rate of depression in college students. And number three, surround yourself with good people. People with strong family or social connections are generally healthier than those who lack lack a support network. And make plans with supportive families and members or friends. Uh, or seek out activities where you can meet new people, such as a club, a class, or support group. Number four is give you, give yourself, um, vo- you know, do do more volunteer work. So volunteer your time and energy to help someone else, and you'll feel good about doing something tangible to help someone in need. And it is a great way to meet new people. Um, also, another thing you could do is learn how to deal with stress. So, like it or not, stress is part of our lives. And practice good coping skills. Try one-minute stress strategies. And do Tai Chi exercise. Take a nature walk. Play with your pet. Or try journal writing as a stress reducer. And also remember to smile and see the humor in life. Research shows that laughter can boost your immune system, ease pain, or relax your body and reduce stress. And also, one thing you could do is to quiet your mind and try meditating, mindful and uh, mindfulness, and or and pray. And relaxation exercises and prayer can improve your state of mind and outlook on life. And in fact, research shows that meditation may help you feel calm and enhance the effects of therapy to get connected see spiritual resources on personal well-being for students so hey you know we we say that as well that um you should also focus towards prayer and in islam islam teaches that uh, we should f- pray five times a day and if we are in uh, any difficulty of any kind you know we we are told that we should prostrate towards god almighty so if someone you know, does feel any need of stress or anxiety, then, you know, as a Muslim, we are told that we should focus our energies towards uh, towards our prayer as well and try to develop that relationship <coughs> with uh, with <coughs> with God Almighty. Another thing we could do is set realistic goals. So decide what you want to achieve academically and professionally and personally, and write down the steps you need to realize your goals and aim high but be realistic don't over schedule 
you'll enjoy a tremendous sense of accomplishment and self-worth as you progress towards your goal. And also break up the monotony. And although our routine makes us more efficient and enhance our feelings of security and safety, a little change of pace can perk up a um, a tedious schedule. And I'll tell you a jog routes, plan a road trip, take a walk in a different park, hang some new pictures or try a new restaurant. And also it says that avoid alcohol and other drug. It says that keep alcohol use to a minimum and avoid other drugs. Sometimes people use alcohol and other drugs to self-meditate, but in reality, alcohol and other drugs only aggravate problems. And lastly, the last step is that get help when you need it. Seeking help is a sign of strength, not a weakness. And it is important to remember that treatment is effective. People who get appropriate care can recover from mental illness, addiction, and lead full, rewarding lives. So this is a 10-step um, guide to how to uh, look after yourself if uh, one is under stress. Um, and uh, in terms of what Islamic perspectives, um, it, you know, it, it says in the Holy Quran that uh, you know we we should. Um, remember God Almighty as you know uh, this is if we remember God then you know truly God Almighty will grant us comfort and it says that the greatest reward is the pleasure of Allah and the greatest of all rewards can only result from the greatest of deeds which is zikr to so zikr meaning to remember God hence the reward for of zikr is the pleasure of Allah and in the above verse um which is in chapter 31 verse 6 it says that it is they who follow guidance from their lord and it is they who shall prosper so in this verse god almighty distinguishes the pleasure of allah from other rewards and this shows that it is something different and is the greatest of all indeed for a true believer there can only be uh, there can be no reward higher than receiving the pleasure of his lord and Allah clearly indicates, or He really He clearly indicated that if you carry out zikr ilahi, if you carry out remembrance of God Almighty, the greatest of all deeds, you will receive the pleasure of Allah, the greatest of all rewards. And uh, this is exactly where it, where it says in the Holy Quran, if we look at chapter thirteen, verse twenty-nine, that those who believe and whose hearts find comfort in the remembrance of Allah, eh, it is the remembrance of Allah that hearts find comfort. So hearts find comfort in zikr. And, and why is the reason for that? Because anxiety is caused by the fear of an impending calamity. If a man believes that there is a remedy for every ailment, he will not be worried. And when someone remembers Allah and realizes that with his unlimited powers, he can remove all types of difficulties, his heart, heart finds comfort, comforts him by saying that, why do I need to be concerned? I have an all-powerful God and he will surely remove all my troubles and such thoughts provide peace of mind and Allah befriends him who spends his time in remembrance, in his remembrance and he provides him a place in his audience even when he is still 
in this world as he says in the holy quran in chapter chapter 2 verse 152 therefore remember me i will remember you and be thankful to me and do not be ungrateful to me so the holy god almighty in the holy quran he says that uh you know if if someone is going through any calamity then we should incline towards god almighty and uh, you know god almighty ultimately will then come will then uh, you know help that particular person so we should focus our attention towards the kralai and you know if someone is going through stress then obviously first and foremost you know we should seek medical medical help you know consult a doctor where we need to um uh, however also you know spiritually um you know try to develop that relationship with god almighty um and you know as the quran mentions that allah bi zikrillah that manul group that verily it is in the remembrance of allah that hearts find comfort so with that uh, we'll close the islamic perspective and I'll hand the mic over to brother vli to conclude this particular segment oh great uh, thanks very much for that very useful contribution imam zukir uh, just to clarify that the 10 points uh, that were mentioned earlier were externally sourced so uh, we would not of course uh, advocate and endorse the uh, the use of um, uh, alcohol in moderates uh, moderately or uh, the um, uh, involvement in dance or taking up a musical instrument but generally what those 10 points were saying uh, were quite quite useful in uh, in addressing mental health issues and uh, i'm sure it would be very useful to those people who are trying to relieve their the stress uh, stress levels as far as uh, this program is concerned well as indicated by mom tokee this is coming to a conclusion uh, it leaves us to thank those people who have contributed to it our producers akib munir ahmed uh, then uh, researchers are also worthy of our gratitude kulsia ward neha latif salia bakhtiar and uh, hana ahmed Uh, our uh, engineer Muhammad Shafiq is also deserving of our thanks for making sure that everything ran very uh, smoothly and efficiently as far as the tax side of things are concerned and our gratitude to our um, uh, experts is also due Libby Webb uh, the head of research at uh, AUK uh, helped us uh, understand uh, better the work of AUK when we were dealing with the subject of uh, the importance of elders our first main topic and then we had the company of Dr. Tala Rashid a molecular biologist and uh, editor of the French edition of uh, the Review of Religions he shed um, uh, some light and uh, he uh, gave us some insight into the subject that we were dealing uh, in the second part of uh, our show the last part of our show which was regarding uh types of stress that could be good for brain functioning um and then we also spoke to Louis Saunders uh who is a trainer and stress consultant and stress expert she was able to lend her expertise to uh, our understanding of this subject of uh, of stress and um, so uh, all in all we must um, be grateful to those uh, experts who helped us uh, understand the subjects that we were uh, considering better uh, so with that uh, we will uh, go for there will be a short interlude uh, before you have the nine o'clock news but until uh, on monday 
uh, do join us for the breakfast show from 7 o'clock. Assalamu alaikum from both of us.